0: So I'm gonna date myself here as an old guy by this opening query to you. What do these four public personas have in common? Pete Rose, Bill Cosby, Bernie Madoff, Lance Armstrong. Yeah, they were great and then they were corrupted by themselves. Gifted in their own ways, one of the most brilliant comics of our time, the hit king, a gifted inside Wall Street bond trader, and a cancer survivor who won the Tour de France five times. Dusted by the stars with brilliance, undone, by their own demons. For 4,000 years, thinkers have queried themselves about why is this? The Greeks have a saying, it's the corruption of the best that produces the worst. The church understands this, this realism about our nature gifted to do good, we sometimes willingly choose to do bad. The church calls this the doctrine of what? It's the doctrine of original sin. And friends, it is a central concept for you to understand, all of us, to put light on the journey of our faith life here today. There's something we know if we're honest about ourselves in our deepest heart of hearts in spite of our best intentions there's something that's just off about us something mixed up inside something skewed now we as catholics don't agree with our protestant brothers and sisters who say that we are by our own choices, our own self-interest, our own selfishness. We are what? We are destroyed by sin, said John Calvin. We are wrecked by it, total depravity. No, we Catholics believe that we still possess intellect and will. They function, but they are now infected. They're broken so, we have the Roses, the Cosby's, the Madoff's, the Armstrong's, we have you and me, all of us, right? Sin really has, self-interest really has worked itself into the very fiber of our being. That's the bad news. Here's the good news, when we are honest about that, it's the beginning of what we call wisdom and honesty. Or as the great theologian C.S. Lewis says, relative to God, who are we? He says, we are all like rebels who need to lay down our arms and surrender. Or as St. Paul says in that beautiful seventh chapter of the book of Romans, the good that I want to do, I don't. The evil I don't want to do, that is what I do. That is Christian realism. And it is the beginning of a healthy, honest, humble self-understanding. But here's the problem throughout human history. We deny that teaching, that doctrine. And we want to pretend That in spite of it all, we somehow really are good people. And that we really can improve our lives and the world. And we look around philosophy and economics and politics, and we could summarize all this denial of the truth about ourselves as what some call the myth of what? The myth of human progress. If we just reform ourselves, our economics, our politics, enough. Or individually, if we just shift our consciousness enough, if we become mindful enough, attentive enough, we can help ourselves out of that fundamental illness that we all have. The doctrine of original sin is a great gift to us by the Holy Spirit. We realize that if we can indeed improve our lives through progress and self-help and education and discipline and working out and diet and all of that, then in reality we don't need God, do we? Because we put ourselves in the place of him don't we? Jesus then devolves into just a nice teacher, a self-help guru. All three of our readings this morning want us to focus like a laser beam on this fundamental reality of our lives, that we all, at the end of the day, will choose self-interest over the common good because of the very freedom that God gives us? Our first reading has it right out of the blocks. It's the book of what? It's the book of wisdom. And the book of wisdom wants us to see clearly that there is what? There is wickedness. And that we are beset by it. And that when we see people who are attempting to do the right thing, to be good people, if we're honest with ourselves, that first reading describes us. There are times when we find good-intentioned people offensive to us. Or, as this first reading has it, let us beset the just one, because he is obnoxious to us. Think about it for a moment. Think of the times in your own life where someone who was good just bugged you. The goody two-shoes. The Boy Scouts. The moralist. If we were really right and good and true and aligned with God's plan, we would celebrate those people, wouldn't we? As Father Robert Barron points out. But we don't. They bug us, just a little bit, if we're honest. What does it say about us and our culture and what we choose to feed into our minds and our hearts and our digital lives? Who are the people in our culture that we really do celebrate if our media consumption is any indicator? It's not the good people, is it? It's the scandals. It's the bad guys, the bad girls. Look at the pop charts. Look at the current songs, the current videos. What does it say about us? There's part of us that really is aligned to the worst in people because that will, that's what we spend our money and time on. So it's a good question for us all this morning to ask ourselves who when we are honest about ourselves if we really pay attention to ourselves who are the people that bug us when they do the right thing? Who are the people you don't like? Who are the people that you find obnoxious? Chances are as Ignatius of Loyola will show us if you chase that down in reflection and examination of conscience it will tell you something about your heart. The second reading this morning, the book of James, again, does not let us off the hook of this call for Christian honesty. What is it that he's pointing out? It is the price that we all pay for selfish ambition. There it is again. Pete Rose Bill Cosby, Bernie Madoff, Lance Armstrong. What happens with selfish ambition when it goes unconscious? When it goes asleep? When we become forgetful about our truest selves? We become people, James says, who are filled with what? Jealousy, envy. Because we are all, again, wired for freedom that we tend to misuse. That is simply the reality about our lives. And then, as if we didn't get it in the first two readings, Mark's gospel today wants to close the case for us, doesn't he? The very followers of Jesus, his insiders, those who knew him the best, and his teaching for an upside-down kingdom, one that tries to dispossess one of oneself. They didn't get it. What were you arguing about amongst yourselves? He asks them. Oh, just about who would be greatest among us. There it is the human tendency to put ourselves first and to ignore our shadows, our dysfunctions, our addiction our will to have things the way we want when we want them. And so what does Jesus do? It's what he always does. He gives us an image. It's not an idea. It's not a text. It's not a theology. He gives us a child and says, unless you, pseudo-sophisticated people that we all think we are, unless you become like a child, intellectually, spiritually, and recognize that everything you have is a gift, and that you are called to recognize the source of that gift as your father, unless you become like a child, you will not enter the kingdom of God. And so, my friends, today we see The presentation of the doctrine of original sin, and the reversal of original sin. As we will pray in a few moments, Jesus, by his birth, brought renewal to humanity's fallen state. Let's ask ourselves this week, maybe pick up the book of James. You could read it in one sitting. What part of you, if you're honest about yourself, tends to selfish ambition. And what part of yourself is blind to that part of you, that fallen nature? As Descartes said, those who would become an angel will become a beast. What part of us needs to be healed of the illusion that we really are people of inevitable progress? In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.